Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Yeah, I was a heavy drinker, but I didn't recognize what the people closest to me recognized. I ended up laying flatlined on a hospital operating table. Somehow the surgeons brought me back to life. When your life depends on it, there's only one place you can turn. Karen. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We couldn't not do a Cannabis Insider. Cannabis. Green. Telling you how to make money. Also green. Unless you're talking about Bitcoin, we won't get into that on this one. Uh, that's a Spencer topic. But thanks for tuning in, y'all. This is where we talk about cannabis stocks. We talk about the cannabis industry. We'll let you know what's going on in the market. Um, we talk about uh, Mike Tyson's ear-shaped edibles again because I just can't get over that. The marketing behind that is genius. And I hope Evander Holyfield is getting some royalties because uh, I think it's his ear. But, you know. We'll leave that uh, to them to decide. Welcome. If you are watching Cannabis Insider for the first time, drop a one in the chat. Uh, if you're walking, watching it as a regular, drop a two in the chat. I don't think we've ever done that. I'd love to see who watches this on a regular basis. You guys rock. Even if this is your first time, you still rock. We have two amazing guests today. We are talking to a leading investment bank in this space. So we're going to talk to somebody who works with all of these companies, all these investments that you look at to make money and talk about the market uh, driven by M&A recently, as well as the California market. We'll touch on with Colin Campbell, a managing director from Shark Capital. And then after that, we're going to hit Air Wellness's CEO, John Sandelman, to talk about their earnings. That's A-Y-R-W-F on the OTC Tier 1 MSO, that is a multi-state operator for those of you who don't. Uh, but once again, happy St. Patrick's Day. You better be wearing green or somebody um, not very cute is probably going to pinch you. I'm just being real. Uh, that being said, a few bits of, of information to call out. Lots of M&A news today. Lots of earnings today. Um, we're going to talk about AIR later, so we won't get into their earnings right now. But NLCP, that's New Lake Capital Partners, releases their earnings. Had a pretty fantastic report uh, look at them. NLCP on the OTC announces $9 million for Q4 revenue, up 12% sequentially and 122% year over year. Similar growth rates uh, for the full year over year as well. Jushi becomes vertically integrated in their fourth state. I think they're one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing MSO uh, outside of AIR, uh, according to AIR. Um, but they're all the fastest growing MSO at some point in the last year or so. <laughs> Not to be uh, sarcastic about it. Valance, VLNS, releases a cool report. Got a massive market share um, in, in Canada. Albeit Canada is not nearly as large of a market as the U.S., but I think they were 11% overall uh, of the beverage market in Canada. Super impressive numbers to me there. And before we go anywhere else, let's just give a shout out to uh, marijuana legalization, not driving uh, higher rates of consumption for youth. More reports coming out 
of that to support that study. But with that being said, no Javier means no belaboring the news today. We're going to dive right into these awesome discussions. I cannot wait. Let's bring him over, Aaron Thomas, our fearless producer, uh, Colin Campbell, as we said, managing director of Sharp Capital, managing director, managing partner. Was I right? Managing director? Managing director. I started to doubt myself there. And I was like, never doubt yourself. Just commit to it and everyone will come along with you. I love it, man. Uh, First of all, what do you think of the Mike Tyson's ear-shaped edibles? Is that too far or is that just great? I think it's great. I think so too. And then is that the game you play? Is that you get to then replicate the bite? I I don't. I guess. I I mean, (laughs) honestly, they even got the little indentation there. It's brilliant. So Colin, quick 15, 30 second introduction into what you do for Sharp, my friend. Sure. So Sharp is the cannabis coverage group for a larger investment bank platform, Livingstone Partners. Uh, Global investment bank, you can think of us as three separate legs to the stool. We do capital raise, both debt and equity. We do mergers and acquisitions, both sell side and buy side. And then we have a team that's dedicated to restructuring practices that is uh, for those companies that maybe got themselves a little overextended. Maybe the growth didn't quite materialize. I think we're probably going to see some action there this year, uh, unfortunately. Um, So we kind of cover businesses from, uh, maybe this is the wrong term, but cradle to grave, kind of the evolution of the business. We're able to hopefully help companies navigate through a a tumultuous industry. I'm not laughing at these companies. It's more of just like a chuckle because you have to chuckle at this overall, like, because it's a thing in this industry. It is. It, and look, it's it's an indication of a maturing industry, right? Yeah. Everybody, there's this rush to maybe public markets. There's a rush to debt capital. The debt pricing is is relatively high. I come from traditional industries. Um, we've seen it has it gotten better back. though, right? The it's debt pricing. Better. Yeah, it's, it's gotten, gotten better. better. It's come back. What's interesting is you're seeing a lot of lip service from lenders that are now talking about being more cash flow lending. Traditionally, it's been very real estate heavy. It's based largely on the collateral package. Um, I think licenses, less of a collateral maybe than they used to be even six, mm-hmm. 12 months ago. Equipment, we're now having the debate, is it really valued at cannabis use or maybe an alternative amount of mainstream use? And so I think it's it's tough. And I think that kind of ties into just the way the equity markets have performed over the last 12 months on a risk-adjusted basis where are investors putting capital to work. There's a lot of good opportunities. And I think arguably some of these big MSOs, some of the smaller companies too, they're flying under the radar. They're incredible opportunities to put capital to work. So, you know, looking back at why this industry burst in the first place, it was valuations that were just unrealistic. It sounds to me like the valuations still might be off a little bit from what you're saying, though. I, I would argue that. Um, I think on a longer term basis, right? It depends on what your time horizon is, your risk tolerance. And this is my background from the private wealth management side coming through. But you look at businesses in the tech sector that have similar revenue growth rates, right? You talked about Air, you talked about Jushi. They're growing incredibly well, but they're more capital intensive businesses than maybe some of your SaaS platforms and technology companies. But arguably the margins are still there. Shouldn't they be trading on similar multiples? If you take it that way, Some of these companies are incredibly undervalued today and are amazing opportunities. And so you look at deals like typically when you see the equity markets contract like that, you look at, um, you know, businesses like a Verano that aren't necessarily going to want to use their stock as currency to go do M&A. And yet Mm -hmm. you see them pop off a deal with goodness that is all stock. 
And I would argue that may be a great deal for goodness, if anybody. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on a lot of these big MSOs. I, I think that was maybe a smart move for goodness. Absolutely, man. I mean, especially for the tier ones doing the acquiring. And that takes us to, uh, I, can, I think our first major through line for this conversation is MA. Uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Verano, maybe a little bit more targeted. Air Wellness, maybe a little bit more aggressive. Eight MA transactions, as we'll hear from John in a bit uh, last year. Uh, and others more targeted. I think Jushi, you could consider more targeted. So there's different strategies here. I mean, can you talk about what you find to be, is there a more attractive strategy? Uh, or do each of these companies have uh, what's right for them? You know, I'm I'm hesitant to start handicapping anybody at this point. I think we're going to have to see how they play out. Each strategy has its merits. I think if you take a step back, though, the interesting play is that the amount of war chest they've created using debt capital to create cash, if you argue then that also their stock is incredibly valuable at these discounted prices, I mean, there is a limited amount of capital in our industry to play with. It's concentrated in a limited number of players. This is very much a buyer's market. And I hate to say that being oftentimes a sell-side representative, um, Companies that want to sell their businesses, I think, are going to have to think about how are they really unique? What's the value proposition? Where do they create scarcity value? Because you have, to your point, these different strategies. Who's it going to play into? And we're going to see that play out over the course of the next 12, 24, 36 months. Um, and part of that will be, are these bigger buyers, are they making a play on ultimate federal legalization, the changing regulatory environment? And are you building a business for the next 12 months? or the next 36 months. And I think in many cases, and you're seeing it play out with the two different models, they're making strategic investments around the country. I think as you suss through that, it'll become more apparent over the next year, where are they placing their bets, right? What's their strategy? Yeah, before we get to the California market here, just talk to me like, uh, because most of our viewership here are agnostic investors. They're not necessarily cannabis centric. You know, so this audience, you know, they look at this industry and they see not really an, an attractive opportunity right now to, to, to be quite honest, if we're realistic about it. That being said, as we're already saying, the multiples here are attractive. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you tell them? How do, how do you tell them to separate certain parts of this industry when they wouldn't do that to other sectors? Yeah, I think... What I find so fascinating about this industry is the fact that we are seeing so much change, the regulatory environment, the competitive landscape. I think for investors to look at this sector, you'd have to take a step back and say, I'm going to be, I'm buying into the long-term thesis. Ultimately, cannabis becomes federally legal. Ultimately, this goes the way of a spirits and alcohol. Ultimately, this has a global market and Europe is going to follow uh, the rest of the world is going to follow. I think this is a, has a role to play in any portfolio. Um, you need to be thoughtful about how big of a role it plays and where you place those bets today. But I think that um, it, it absolutely needs to be part of everybody's portfolio. Yep. Amen to that. I'm with you. I just wanted your opinion on it. <laughs> um, so that's my, that's my there. So let's jump into California really quickly for a few minutes. Yep. Now, California has had, I mean, some pretty noticeable and everybody knows about them. They're not hidden issues. 
being the black market what? is still yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like but like the the gray market and the black market are still absolutely plaguing california operators uh, and pricing has been an issue as a result of that and other reasons uh talk to me about the state of california yeah so we're headquartered in chicago and i sit in our la office so california is near and dear to me and i've been seeing this on a day-to-day basis play out i mean I think the good news is we're starting to see flour prices kind of bottom, um, but overall flour on average has gotten just crushed. Mm-hmm. I think what has actually borne itself out, and this began as somewhat anecdotes, but we're seeing it come through in the data. When we get under the hood of some of these companies, if you're truly growing a differentiated product, and the same way you talked about every MSO seems to be the fastest growing MSO, every cultivator also seems to be growing the absolute top shelf best weed anybody's ever seen. What happens is the actuality is if you if you're really growing a differentiated product, you've seen maybe a 15, 20 percent compression. Um, if you're not, then you're probably getting hammered quite a bit more. And we've seen some prices get hit to the tune of 50 percent or more. So that that is pretty problematic for a lot of businesses that I think you saw a lot of investors and a lot of operators move into a space that they thought was going to be easy money. And it is never easy money between the regulatory environment, the tax problems, the lack of enforcement on the illicit market. I think in 2021, it was like a five and a half billion dollar legal market just in California. It was an eight plus billion dollar market in illicit. So the fact that it hasn't gotten itself under control only furthers the problem. It means that businesses have to be really disciplined. You have to be really efficient. But I think my thesis is Ultimately, you're going to see flour from the West Coast wash east. You're going to see brands from the West Coast wash east. And, you know, as much as I would I would argue that uh, a lot of the big MSOs are, and I, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, you know, quasi-oligopolies existing in these limited market states. Um, I mean, I'd probably do the same too, though, if I didn't have to go compete in California. Mm-hmm. Um, but the companies in California, the ones that will survive this year in particular are going to be tried and true. They're going to be battle hardened. I think you're going to have some incredible executive teams coming out of businesses that are maybe not public in California and up and down the West Coast that know how to run a really efficient business in this sector, navigate a changing and difficult regulatory and legal landscape, and apply that to some of these larger businesses across the country. I think you're going to see a lot of winners come out of California in the long run. We're just going to have to go a couple of minutes over today because I got to have one more question for you here. Who at, let, let's just leave it to the public companies right now. So you have the parent company of Harborside, you have Glass House. Uh, there are probably several others. I'm, I'm not mentioning off the Lowell Farms. Um, you know, who's doing it right in that state right now? <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> I know that's not the answer you want, but that's the answer you're going to get. Oh, man. Oh, Colin, that was probably the best answer you could have given. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great. End of the fizzle. Uh, that that tickled me, man. Um, all right. So actually, fine. Real quick, I'm going to ask one more question. Then we have seen an absolute wave of lenders to the space go public recently. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have multiple REITs, multiple BDCs, um, Silver Spike this this week on the Nasdaq SSIC, uh, Viridescent Freehold in, in a bit, Altmore coming in in a bit. Um, I, I mean, it's just been a wave. Why? 
Because we're an incredibly capital constrained industry. We need capital. Companies need capital. I think every single day we're talking to business owners that are chasing capital to get that growth, to get that expansion. And it's incredibly expensive capital. I think up till, let's say within the last two months, I've never heard so much scuttlebutt and chatter about getting into cash flow lending versus having a really thoughtful and built out collateral package. I'll tell you that most of the lenders are not there yet, but I've had a number of conversations with very real, very sophisticated capital providers that are getting increasingly comfortable getting away from the collateral package and looking at businesses that are generating 20, $30 million of actual EBITDA, paying taxes, audited companies. These companies should have capital, but they don't own their own real estate. There's no reason why you shouldn't be lending to that business if they're credible operators and they are. That's where we're getting to. This is a, an indication, a signal of a maturing industry, and it is welcome and arguably long overdue. And I, I, appreciate, I appreciate these these folks getting into it and doing it the way they're doing it. Fantastic. Uh, you can see Sharp Capital join us in Miami, April 20th and 21st. They will be moderating a panel uh, on MA. Uh, I believe it's your colleague, Steve, uh, if I'm not mistaken, will be moderating that panel yep. with Jushi, with Columbia Care, with Mystic Holdings, uh, and potentially one more to be announced. With that being said, uh, more amazing content from Sharp Capital with Colin. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Thank you for having me. Of course. Absolutely. What a wonderful interview. Thank you so much, Colin. With that being said, earlier today, this was today at noon, we recorded a wonderful interview with CEO John Sandelman of Air Wellness, uh, Aaron Thomas. Let's go ahead and dive right into that. Maybe. All right, guys, while we're getting that loaded, uh, if you have any questions uh, for us on that, but Ohio, Tim, I'm with you, man. Uh, Ohio has got to legalize. If you're looking for Ohio-based operators uh, to put your money in uh, and support them, body and mind, uh, I think has a decent presence in that state, BMMJ on the OTC. Um, as we keep going here, y'all drop any questions, any stocks, GME earnings out. You know, I feel like there's probably a crossover between GameStop and, and cannabis consumers. Um, I'm probably not here to dive into it for you, but that, you know, we'll, we'll get Mitch to talk about it right after. Um, drop your stocks ready. Oh, here we go. We're ready for AYRWF MSO uh, interview talking about their earnings today as well. Aaron, hit it. Hello, hello. Uh, so to finish this wonderful episode of Cannabis Insider off, we are bringing on a top company in the cannabis space, one I'm very excited to chat with. We've we've spoken to uh, his colleague before, Jen Drake. We've spoken to, uh, I think, a few people from this company before. I'm not sure John has ever had uh, the pleasure, uh, I'll pipe myself up there a little bit, <laughs> the pleasure of joining us. But today, very excited to have John Sandelman, CEO of Air Wellness. That's A-Y-R Wellness join us. The OTC listed AYRWF. Aaron, let's bring John over and chat about some killer news. Crazy good report today, John. I mean, are you excited? We're very excited. Um, you know, we started this company in 18, in 2018, and to have a year and uh, a fourth quarter the way we performed is extremely exciting for our whole team. 
Absolutely. So to reference what you're talking about, you re- you released your earnings for Q4 2021 and fiscal year 2021. So let's start with the uniqueness of this report. We were chatting a little bit beforehand, but um, what 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 do you want to call out about this to get us started here? So what we're excited about is having the fastest year-over-year growth rate in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into how that happened in a moment. We're also very excited um, about our fourth quarter results. In a flattish market, our sequential growth was uh, up 16%. Same store sales up 5%. So um, we're excited that the investments we made all year, both in uh, in capital, in in, in operations and in people paid off uh, extremely well. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about those numbers. Sixty two new dispensaries, uh, I think eight new cultivation sites, and I think over sixteen hundred new employees were added to the air wellness portfolio, not to diminish, of course, <laughs> the human component there. Uh, they joined your company. Um, that's incredible. Now, was this all driven by MNA um, or is there organic growth you want to speak to? Um, but talk a little bit about your strategy of how this growth, this massive growth went down this year. We did eight MA transactions. We also committed $123 million of CapEx. So in the fourth quarter, the growth, the sequential growth was mostly attributable to the M&A assets. What you'll see in 2022 is those, the organic portfolio start to really produce the returns on the CapEx that we expect. So when you think about AIR, the way we think about it as an investor, there's three buckets of risk with us. One was CapEx. They took on a lot. They took on a lot quickly. When you do eight M&A transactions in a single year, take on 1,600 people, open up 62 stores, eight cultivation facilities, there's always risk around, will they be able to accomplish what they set out to do? The good news in the first bucket which is the construction bucket, right? We have to build, we committed capital and we have to build these projects. We're 95% through that. So that becomes wow. a much smaller risk in the air story. The second bucket is what we think about is this, the supply and demand issues, right? In doing that risk. Now they're delayed because, yes, we could have done a better job. There's no question about it. But we also built it in a historic time for supply issues, acquiring the material to do that, right? And COVID issues, mm-hmm. right? Which is getting the people to build the project. But Cannabis not, isn't the only industry that's been delayed. Every industry is <laughs> But we're 95. That risk is gone, Okay. Our second bucket really is is where we are today, right? The projects are 95% built, so de minimis risk at this point. The next big risk is getting regulatory approval. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what's the risk around that? We've always gotten regulatory approval for every project we've built. So we don't think 
it won't happen because it's always happened and we're good builders. The risk is through COVID, that process has been slowed down simply because the inspectors weren't coming in the same timely fashion that they've come in the past. Okay, people are calling out, shortage of labor, it's taking longer. Mm -hmm. But the good news, that really affects us only in two out of our eight states, New Jersey and Massachusetts. And let's talk about how big a risk that is. In New Jersey, we are fully built out, cultivation and retail. We are already in the process for regulatory approval. And we think that process and these assets will start to be productive in the second quarter. In, sorry. No, please, please finish your, finish your thought. I'll ask the that. second where the regulatory approval affects our, our numbers is in Massachusetts. We have adult use conversion going on. So we've been only a medical provider in that state. We have two stores that are going through the regulatory process right now to become adult use stores. We expect them in the second quarter. We also added cultivation facilities, mm -hmm. facility in Massachusetts that it has begun the regulatory process. Can I just hop in here really quickly? A lot of work, a lot of uh, inorganic, or I'm sorry, organic uh, growth here. Um, does this fully shift away? Because there's some exciting things happening for you here. Do you continue your aggressive M&A strategy alongside of this organic growth? Or do we focus in on this uh, side of air wellness, at least for the first half of 2022? The way I've, I've always thought about M&A and our business plan was to simply think about the 50 states in the United States. And our work has shown that if we're in 12 to 15 states, we believe that will represent 80% of the consumer wallet. So think about this. If Eric can pick the right 15 states, let's say, that represent 80% of the consumer wallet, and our goal was never to be the biggest, put our, our, our company's flag in every state that was offered to us. We've all, always positioned ourselves to be the most efficient operators of high quality product delivered to the consumer on a consistent basis. That is our mantra. That's our business model. So if I, when I think about 15 states representing 80% of the consumer, I'm willing to leave the other 35 states to our competitors, which represents 20%. So think about it in terms of supply line. Think about in terms of running super efficient businesses that generate high returns for shareholders. This is the model where we land. Now, mm -hmm. I just want to say one thing. To be sure, there isn't one way to be successful. And each business chooses their own business plan. But because we're very efficient operators and because this model plays to our edge, our skill set, that's the one we've focused on. Mm -hmm. 
a simple answer to your question is we're at eight. We think 12 or 15 does it, that 80%. We think the market is different today than it was when we made our previous acquisitions. So therefore the bar to buy something is higher. Hmm. Okay, fantastic. So in regards to last year, maybe you can speak a little bit about the growth of air versus the rest of the market. Internationally, we see companies going the opposite way uh, of, of the market. We see companies uh, and their market share going down or their cannabis sales going down uh, as the, the majority of the market increases and the sales increase. Um, in the U.S., it's not identical per se, but you know, at the end of the year, we did see a little bit of slowdown in, in cannabis sales. Beginning of the year started to pick back up again. Um, air seems to just be on a growth rate. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you compare to the market uh, in that sense? It, it, again, it has to start with the investments we made in the business and how aggressive we were all year. Again, we talked about it, doing, completing eight M&A transactions is a lot. And so our mantra has always been to buy the best in class assets in each market we decide to go in and buy the best people. My business theory for 30 years is it's all about culture and talent to be successful. And those companies that have the best culture and attract the best talent because those two items are linked in my mind. Mm -hmm. Build a place and a culture where people want to come, the best people come. They buy into the singular vision of a culture of excellence. And we strive every day to be the largest scale producer of high quality flour and cannabis. The consumer knows we never underestimate the consumer at air. And what we always say, it's not the box. It's what's inside the box. And you can't, in our view, build a national brand unless you can deliver that consumer experience consistently. Let's think about that. If you bought an Apple phone in LA, should it be different in quality than the one you buy in New York? Those nights you buy on vacation when you're on the West Coast, should you run as fast as the pair you buy in New York? <laughs> I don't think so. So the way we think about building branch, yes, CPG, yes, marketing, yes, the box, yes, the messaging, but wherever the consumer finds an air store, we need to deliver that consistency of experience, that quality, that excellence every single day. We linked early on the branding, the CPG with the operations and the quality of the execution. I love that. And I love the employee uh, first. Uh, that was the first part of your answer and I appreciate that um, very much. So let's end, the, let's, let's end with this. Let's end with a little bit of forward looking statement here to 2022 as we look at the markets ahead. Maybe safe banking comes out, maybe not. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody's crystal ball has been right so far other than those who said it's not happening. Uh, but with that being said, 
what excites you? It could be a particular market, could be New Jersey, could be New York. Uh, you know, what excites you about the possibilities of 2022 and air wellness continuing on your solid trajectory? So if I can personalize this for a moment, please. What excites me every day is to work with the great women and men at this company. What excites me, because I'm the old guy in the industry at 64 years old, is to be a force for good, to invest in our communities, mm -hmm. to share the wealth. What excites me for the company is to take the investments we made in 21 and light them on fire in 22. Because I know in my heart, that's exactly what will happen. Amen. John, fantastic answer. This is a wonderful update for AIR. Um, you know, it, we don't usually have earnings reports in interviews, but I think this is a noteworthy one. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you said the same. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on, Benzinga, and joining us. Um, as we move forward into the year, we're going to have your colleague, Jen Drake, speak at our Miami conference coming up April 20th and 21st. Always a pleasure to have AIR a part of that. Um, John, any last words for our audience? Um, other than that, my friend, I uh, really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for finally inviting me. You know, <laughs> I guess you tested AIR. Jen did a good job and Jamie did a good job. Maybe we'll give John a shot. So I do, in all seriousness, I, I, I appreciate being able to talk about our team and our culture. So anytime I can do that, I welcome it. Thank you. Oh, again. yes, sir. We'll always give you that platform. Everybody, John Sandelman, co-founder and CEO of Air Wellness, A-Y-R-W-F on the OTC, easily a tier one multi-state operator in this industry and growing away. Uh, thanks again, John. We will see you again soon. I promise, sir. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was John. Uh, that was Air Wellness. You know and love them. Uh, if you're an MSO investor, you don't need any more updates than that. If you are a new investor to cannabis, check out Air Wellness. Check out their solid, strong balance sheet uh, and their footprint. It's very impressive. With that being said, that's it for Cannabis Insider today. We will see you again on Tuesday, bzcannabis.com, if you want to join us in Miami for the who's who of cannabis, including Air Wellness. Uh, until then, y'all. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. 
But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Get a Verizon Business Unlimited plan from the network businesses rely on. Hey, Monica, with 5G Ultra Wideband in many more cities, you get up to 10 times the speed at no extra cost. Hello, downloads in no time. Plus, unlimited premium data and hotspot data to keep the signal flowing and your teams going. Come in or book an appointment with a Verizon business expert to find the right plan for your team. 5G Ultra Wideband available in over 1,700 cities with Business Unlimited Pro 2.0 smartphone plan. Speed comparison is to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Download speeds may vary depending upon network and coverage conditions and content optimization for 5G Ultra Wideband. Jeep Freedom Days are here, where right now, well-qualified returning FCA lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2022 Grand Cherokee WK Laredo E4x4 for $369 a month for 36 months with $3,799 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution at least through Chrysler Capital. Lessee is responsible for termination fees. Current lease must end by 7-3-23. Extra charge for miles over $30,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 7-5-22. Jeep is a registered trademark.